everything that I teach, I go back to the Hebrew. I go back to the original language. I go back to finding out what it really, what it really means because um, Jesus was Jewish, Peter was Jewish, Paul was Jewish, Daniel was Jewish, Ezekiel was Jewish. And so if we're going to know what these Jewish men are actually saying, we can't go to the Greek. Amen? Jesus didn't speak. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. I, I, I look back at some of the messages I used to preach and I go, oh, God, forgive me. Because I'd heard it. I heard Jesus spoke Latin or Jesus spoke Greek. Jesus, wasn't, uh, Jesus spoke Hebrew or he spoke at least Western Aramaic, probably both of them. And so that's where we get this. And if we go back to the truth, then we'll understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And the truth we understand will then come and set us free. Amen? Let's get into it. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And again, he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude were gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables. And he said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he sowed, that some of the seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and destroyed it. And some fell on stony ground where it did not have much root, earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth in the earth. But when the sun was, was up, it scorched it, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some of the seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no harvest. But other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced. And, and, and someday I need to teach that because we always read 30, 60, 100 fold, but it's a fascinating study to say that the seed grew up and increased and produced. And some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear or understand. But when he was alone, those around him, the disciples with the 12, asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Now we all know the teachings and the scriptures that the seed is the word of God. And he says in here, he said, there are four different types of soil. We've all heard this. He said, three of the four heard the word of God, but for this reason, that reason, or another reason, no harvest. But he said, there is a fourth type of soil, and I believe you're that fourth type of soil, that when it heard the word of God, it grew, it increased, and it produced, and it brought some 30, some 60, 100 fold. And he says, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, I'm not going to spend a long time in this subject, but how how many like to read? Lift up your hand. I love to read. I, I always read myself to sleep. And as well as reading religious books, I like to read uh, uh, westerns and Louis L'Amour, but I also like to read uh, mysteries. And the thing about the mystery is, is that you never know how it's going to turn out until what? The end. And right at the end, all of a sudden you go, oh man, I get it now. That's exactly what God says in the church. In the last days, there's going to be a group of Gentiles go, I get it now. And all of a sudden, everything that we've been hearing is going to make sense and it'll no longer be a mystery. It'll be a revelation. And to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Can I have an amen? All right, we've been talking about Jacob's ladder. I'm going to show you some mysteries today. Some of them you've heard me already say, but I I need to put it in one package. 
The story of the story of of Jacob's ladder. Let's turn there. Let's go with go with me to Genesis chapter twenty-seven. The story of Jacob's ladder doesn't re- really begin with Jacob having a vision or having a dream of the ladder. It actually begins with what happened between Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Now, many of us know this, but I want to lay a foundation. In Mideast or Jewish custom, how many, how many have ever heard the scripture, lay hands on no man suddenly? And I don't know if I taught, I taught a long time last Friday on some tremendous stuff, and we'll put it all in a package. I don't let anybody just come pray for me. I really don't. I don't let anybody just give me a word. I don't let just anybody up here pray for you. I'll, I need to know who they are. Okay? I need to know what they believe. Somebody may come to me and say, uh, say uh, uh, Pastor, I've got a word for you. And, and this happens a lot of times. Just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord, I'm not going to receive it until I know who those people are. And then the Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Why? Whoever lays hands on you, there is a transfer of anointing. That may be good anointing. That may be negative anointing. You don't want somebody who has a spirit of poverty laying hands on you and praying over your offering. Are we in agreement? Okay. There is real power in God's words. Real power in God's words. When a father lays hands on his son, there is a tremendous releasing of power and anointing. That's the scene we have here right now. Read with me in in Genesis chapter 27. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him, my son, and he answered him, here I am. And he said, behold, now I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and make for me savory food. Now, Isaac is about to transfer his anointing and his blessing on his eldest son Esau. But Esau and Jacob's mother knew that there was something wrong with Esau's spirit. Now I'm going to go through this quick because we've already taught this. So Isaac is blind. He's going to lay hands on Esau and pass on the family and the nation of Israel's blessing. Now, just to give you an, an, an illustrate or, or an indication of what Rebecca saw, all of the terrorism that you see in the name of God, the flying in of 911 towers and everything that goes on and the human bombs, these are all descendants of Esau. So Rebecca was right in what she saw. So in this, she comes to Jacob and she says, your dad is about to lay hands on Esau and put the family power and the nation of Israel's anointing on him. Go and do what I tell you to do. So she tells Esau or Jacob to go and, and stand before Isaac. So Isaac, who is blind, will put the blessing not on the elder son, but the younger son. Jacob says, but my brother is a hairy man. And when my father feels his arm, if I say I am Esau and he feels my arm and I am a smooth skinned man, he'll know that I'm lying. And instead of being blessed, I'll be cursed. There is the reality of blessings and curses. Are we in agreement? Okay, his mother says, go kill a goat, go kill a kid and put the hair of that goat on your arm so that when your father prays for you, he'll think you're Esau and take the blessing of Israel and the blessing of God and put it on you. So he goes and he stands before his father and his father grabs his arm 
And remember, Isaac is blind. There's going to be a transfer of anointing. And he grabs uh, Jacob's arm, but he's got the, the skin of the goat on it. And he says these words, and I know you heard this, but you need to hear it for where I'm going, and you need to hear for where you're going. He says these words. He says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hand or the arm is the arm of Esau. Now, I know you heard this, but I want you to hear this again because this is one of the most important things I can teach you. In Hebrew, there are four levels of studying the Word of God. We know this as going from milk into meat. The milk of it is Isaac laid hands on Jacob and said, Your voice sounds like Jacob, but your hand sounds like Esau. That's the baby level. But there's a much deeper, deeper mystery that we can get when we study the Word of God and rightly divide it. In Hebrew, one of the ways to study is when you see words that connect to each other. And one of the ways is do they connect with different spelling? And I won't go into all the depth of it, but I'll give it to you. Here it says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the arm or the hand is the hand of Esau. The question is, why did not, in the Torah, there are something like 405,000 letters, 405,000 letters just in the Torah. In Hebrew, every letter has a numeric value. So if you remove, this is why Jesus said, if you remove one jot or one tittle, one comma, or one one mark, it changes the whole word because the Bible is a supernaturally written book written by the hand of God. Which is why I go back to Hebrew. Every Torah, if we were to read, if I were to have 10 people read 10 Bibles, we're going to probably get about seven or eight different words used in your Bible. Okay? But in Hebrew, when, since, since Mount Sinai, every word is exactly the same, handwritten, not one jot or one tittle has changed since Mount Sinai. That's why we go to the Hebrew. Are you understanding? You can't understand, you can't understand what Jewish Jesus is saying by going to Greek. Because it's been changed from Hebrew to Western Aramaic to Greek to Latin to English, and a lot of things have been changed. But when we read it in Hebrew and we study it, there are mysteries that when revealed, will reveal to you miracles that God has been waiting to do in the last days. Are you with me? So it's not, a, it's not an accident that the Torah doesn't say the voice is Jacob's, but the hand is Esau. It says the voice is the voice. In English, it's written the same way. But in Hebrew, voice and voice and hand and hand are written different. It says in Hebrew, the voice is the voice. Hakal, kal. The word hakal in Hebrew means voice. You're hearing my voice. The word kal in Hebrew means voice. You're hearing my voice. But it also means weak. My voice is weak. The word arm means arm, but it also means military strength or power. So what it says in Hebrew is, when God's children's voices become weak, the hand of the enemy that destroys becomes strong. What does that mean? When we stop praying, it gives power to the enemy to come in and destroy whatever area of your life he wants to attack. This is why the devil, in Hebrew there's no word for, 
coincidence. This is why the devil has, and, and churches have gone with it. This is why the devil has taken prayer out of school and taken prayer out of courts. And you can't pray over your football game anymore. And you can't pray. And yet at the same time, Islam, where America can't pray in school anymore, Islam is praying five times a day. And so what God is saying is when our prayers become less, the power of divorce, the power of cancer, the power of, uh, uh, of sickness, the power of racism, the power of addiction, the power, whatever enemy wants to do, when we stop praying, the power of that enemy becomes strong. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, what's the next word? Then... Not before. Then I will hear from heaven and I will come and heal their land. If you read that scripture, what it says before that, and I'm trying to get through this so I can get to the main part of the new revelation, is what it says, the heavens are full of, the heavens are closed. Locusts is released and destroying your crop. The enemy is coming in and pillaging your village. When it looks like the enemy is getting strong, if my people who are called by my name, if their voice will once again become strong, it will push the enemy back and push the enemy back and you'll become the head and not the tail, but you've got to pray. Are you with me? How many times a day? Three times a day. Now, Friday, I'm going to do the Shabbat service and I'm going to show you that the word... Isaac means we'll hear from God. The name Ishmael will mean we'll talk to God. And I'm going to show you something on, I'm going to show you something that is absolutely phenomenal. Just phenomenal. But here's the basis. If my people who are called by my name will pray, that's why we need to stop being visitor friendly. And we need to be God friendly. Well, we don't want to drive anybody out. You got to understand, the only one we'll drive out when we read the Bible, when we pray, when we lift up our hands, the only one we're going to drive out is the devil. Have you ever wondered why it is people feel so embarrassed about being seen praying? You're at lunch and you know you're supposed to pray. Did you pray? No. (coughs) Slowly, 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 the devil has pushed it out. Amen? So if our voice becomes weak, the enemy in your life becomes strong. One will send a thousand fleeing. Two will send 10,000 fleeing. We will push the enemy back. We can right here change the world. Can I have an amen? All right, now watch this. So... Esau is mad at Jacob. Jacob's mother says, you need to flee. Jacob, wait till you see the revelation I give you on on this on Friday, but I won't do it now. Jacob is leaving the Holy Land, and he's going out into the world, and he has a dream. And in the dream, we know it as Jacob's ladder. And in the ladder, he shows angels ascending and angels descending. Once again, studying in Hebrew, and I, and I want to get through this, but why ascending and descending? In Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence, okay? The reason why they're ascending and descending is that angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. The moment you, in Hebrew, the moment you are born, you stand, excuse me, the moment you're conceived, you stand before the throne of God, And God gives you an assignment to be the light of the world and a blessing unto this world. And at that moment, he assigns to you, according to rabbinical teaching, he assigns to you angels. He assigns to you your heavenly angels. The reason why in Hebrew it says the angels are ascending and descending very quickly is because for every need you have, There are ministering spirits. And so he's leaving one place, 
Those angels are changing guard. They're going up. They pass your baton down. So no matter where you're going, what situation you're in, if you understand that on the Sabbath, see, we we didn't have Sabbath here. We had Sabbath, so we had Sabbath at our house with our family. And we said on the Sabbath, we said, Father, we release the ministering angels that are spirits that will minister under the heirs of salvation. You got angels that'll go to work and, 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 and move your boss tomorrow. You got angels that'll go with your kids. Them angels, the, yeah, I, I, I need to get and tell us Those angels, let's say you got a child. And that child, the enemy knows that child's got a future in the kingdom of God. So the enemy wants to bring the wrong young people into your child's life. When you understand this, those angels are going to stand in front of your kids and go. No, absolutely. And then all of a sudden, those people don't feel comfortable coming to your kids and bringing them the wrong stuff and ministering. I'm telling you something. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. How many want to learn the mysteries of the kingdom? So the first thing is, is the ladder is ascending and ascending, and these are the angels. The second thing is the ladder represents prayer. It represents our world touching God's answer. And, and we, we studied this, that if we'll pray, God will give us the answers only if after we pray, we come back down and be the light of the world and begin to change the earth that we're on. Can I have an amen? amen? All right, can I show you three things real quick? Now, we all know this. If you're new to this, I've, I've taught these in this series. You need to get it. But let me show you something where, where I want. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Can we have a few minutes? Yes. Are we okay? Because I know I, I try to get out by 1030, but it's not going to happen. You need to praise God in all things. Matthew chapter 6. Do you have it? Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room, shut, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in the secret place will reward you openly. But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And then it goes on to say, when you pray, say, our Father, heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I'll get into that in just a second. Look down at verse 18. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Now, let me give this to you real quick because I want to get down to the main point, but you know this. But for those who don't, this is a quote out of Psalms. And the reason I read it from from Matthew is because I want you to see that Jesus wasn't teaching anything different. He was teaching the Torah. The Bible says that when we go into our secret place, we're to shut the door... And when God sees us in the secret place, he who he sees in the secret place, he will reward openly. The first thing we realize is, is we must pray. Give me a loud amen. Amen. We must pray three times a day. When you get up at noon, when you go to bed, pray. If my people will call me, if your prayer voice will become strong, the enemy's hand against your life will become weak. Let me put it this way. If you pray, you win. If you don't pray, you lose. And it's too late to pray when we get the bills. Okay, let me back up. Let me back up. It's too late to pray when you get the bills. Lord, teach us how to pray. And I I, I taught a lot on this Friday, but let me just throw this out real quick. They came to Jesus. 
these Jewish men who pray three times a day. And they said, Lord, we pray three times. So step one is we're going to start praying. Everybody's going to start praying, give the Lord a wave offering. Step two is learn how to pray. You know, I, 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 you know, I've been taking, you know, I've been, I've been, I love to hunt. I've been hunting for 30 something years. Now I'm taking Luke, my son and Brandon, my son-in-law and John with me. And, and I know things about hunting that I can teach them. Does that make sense to you? I can give them the clothes and the gun and the binoculars and the ammo. You got the gear, but you got to learn how to do it. You can't just go out and go, boom, boom, boom. Hope I hope an elk flies by, boom. You got to learn how to do it. Can I have an amen? The first thing is get out there and hunt. We're going to pray. Say this. If I pray, the enemy will be defeated. The second thing is learn how to pray. They said, Lord, when you pray, we can feel something different. Jesus said, everybody say, Jesus said. You know, if I say something or Brother Copeland says something or Creflo Dower says something or, 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 or whoever, if they, we say something, that's one thing. But if Jesus says something, we can take this to the bank. Jesus said, when you pray, say. Say. Don't think. Now, I will teach on biblical meditation. But meditation is, is a powerful thing. I, it, meditation, meditate on my word day and night, and I'm going to teach that in January. Meditate means to see it and to say it. But they came to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. If Jesus says, when you pray, say, our Father, why do we keep praying to Jesus? Jesus said, no man goes to the, but by, and and I know you heard this, but I I just feel there's people on stream that need this. Picture this. This is your prayer life. Inside here is the Holy of Holies. Inside of here is your healing, your breakthrough, your finances, your miracle, salvation of your family. In here is the Holy of Holies. Before Jesus, they always had to have a priest go into the Holy of Holies. The people would come to the priest, and the priest would go in, okay? And we know that Jesus is our high priest. But from the day that Jesus died, he shed his blood in the garden, at the whipping post, crown of thorns, in his hands, in his feet. He redeemed us. He reconnected us by the blood. And then when all the blood was shed, he cried out, it is finished, and the curtain from the holy in the holy of holies ripped open so that you and I can come boldly before what? So why do we keep asking Jesus to go in there? Jesus won't go in. I read from John, was it John 16? From that day, from the day I ripped it open, I will not go to the Father for you. You are to go in. Jesus, bring me healing. No. Jesus, bring me a blessing. No. Jesus, bring me this. No. Why? It's finished. Now let's go boldly together. I'm the door. I've opened the door. Come on in. Do you get it? Okay, let me go through this real quick. So when you pray, say, our Father. And then you... Holy is your name. You praise his name. You are Jehovah's Sitkanu. You are Jehovah. See, and, and, and I don't mean to go on this long, but we go, this is, I've been doing this for 34 years. And I, I'm, it just breaks my heart because of what people have been taught. We go, Pastor, would you pray for me? Why are you acting like that? How are you doing? Okay, under the circumstances. Get out from under the circumstances. Jesus has opened the door. So you, who's going in? How do you go in? With praise and thanksgiving, boldly. Father, I thank you, you're Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I thank you, you're Jehovah Sinkinu. Lord, I thank you, my kids. We don't come, you don't come. 
Now, I'm going through this quick, but hear me on this. You know, I got five-year-old grand sugars. And, and they know if, no, if mom's not going to do it for them, dad's not going to do it for them, Saba's going to do it. And they know that. They have the confidence. But, you know, we have to train them about their attitude. And they go, Saba, what? And I said, how do you do it? What, what, attitude. Saba, attitude. That's the same thing the father say. Here's how Christians go, Father Jesus, would you go into that? No. Let your request be made known unto God with praise and thanksgiving, with supplication, which means with, with authority. Father, I have a need, and I praise you that you are Jehovah. Are you getting this? See, religion, religion teaches you to be beat down. Religion teaches you to be broken. Religion teaches you, well, you got to pay the price. The price has already been paid. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, cried out. And you know what? He didn't say, it's finished. He said it so Satan would tremble. It is finished. Now, let me show you this. Let me show you this. When you pray, say who? You don't ask Jesus to do what he already did. If you're asking Jesus to be your healer, you're, you're a double-minded man. And a double, if you're asking to be your provider, you're a double-minded man. Let your request be made. On. Father, I need a healing. And I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am connected by the blood. Lord, I need a breakthrough in my finances. And I praise you that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord is your... Let me just say this again. Why do we say... Why did God say, say, Father? You can't say something and think something else. Your words will always outweigh your thoughts. Always. So you can't be thinking, I'm not worthy, and then say, Father. Everybody lift up your hands. Say, Father. Father. See, and it's your Father's good pleasure. This is the way I start my day. I start my day. First thing I say is, Shema Israel. Adonai Elohim, Adonai Hero Israel. The Lord, he is one God, and the Lord, he's mine. And then I say, good morning, Father. And I'm reminding myself, my dad owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is my dad's in the fullness. And it's my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. The eyes of my father are running to and fro looking for somebody. He can be strong. It is my father's good pleasure. Somebody say amen. All right. I'll go more on, on Friday. Then he says, when you say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It means one with authority. It literally means as one putting his foot down. How many have ever... See, we think of the father like we're a parent. A parent goes, now, Johnny, if you do that one more time, I'm telling you one more time. I mean, I'm going to put my foot down one more time. No, no, God says when you pray, don't act like that. When you say pray, say, Father who art in heaven. Oh, your name is above every name. Then he says, come kingdom of God. Come finances. Come miracle. Come breakthrough. Come calling those things which are not. Everybody go like this. Come. It means one half. I'm not settling for anything else. I'm not putting up with anything else. Whatsoever you bind on earth is then bound in heaven. Come, kingdom of God. Be done, will of God. Let me, let me throw this in real quick, just because I, I, I still want to get to the main part. <laughs> then he says, now watch this. This will change your life. Give us this day. Now watch this. Remember one of my gr- greatest illustrations. Remember blind Bartimaeus? Here comes all the power of God in the world. All these people in need. 
And the Bible said he would have passed him by. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, when you pray, say, give us this day. If you didn't pray, give me this day my daily bread yesterday. God may have had a $5 raise ready to release yesterday. God may have had a million-dollar inheritance ready to be given you yesterday. But if you didn't pray, give me this day my daily bread, you missed it. Here's why most people never get ahead. They don't pray. And then they pray when the bills come in. And when the bills come in, the bills come in on Friday. And we go, oh, Father, meet our needs. Lord, I've been tithing. Lord, I've been giving. Lord, meet our needs. But you didn't pray Monday, give me this day my daily bread. You didn't pray Tuesday, give me this day my daily bread. And I don't have time, but it goes all the way back to Israel in the desert. Every day, God opened the windows of heaven and poured them out a blessing. If they didn't get out of their tent and go get it, it, it rotted. So from now on, how many want to see a little prosperity? On Monday, give me this day my daily bread. On Tuesday, let's start, let's start today. Say this out loud. Give me this day my daily bread. Now, let me show you this real quick. You pray that today, you may see something happen today. You may see something happen in January. But this blessing is, you have not because what? This blessing is released today that may catch up with you on Friday. Or it may catch up with you in January. But if you don't release it, you walk right by it. And this is going to be the beginning of the end time transfer of wealth. Because we're going to call it in every day. Amen? All right, let me show you this. I, I only got, I got five minutes tonight. This is the main part I was working on. So number one, we know we got to pray. Number two, we're learning how to pray. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those. If you don't forgive, if you're a bitter person, you'll never see the blessing. After we forgive, then we won't be led into trials and tribulations. We'll get in that. So we know we got to pray. Now we're learning how to pray. Can I give you a mystery? Now, most of us know this, that God says, if I see you in the secret place, if, when you go into your prayer closet and you shut the door, and I told you this, I was doing a Christian television, and I was teaching this out of my book, The Torah Blessing, and all of a sudden, I think it was Lester Summerall's grandson, he goes, I've been to Israel 30 times. There are no closets in their house. Well, you, if you, how, many, how many know that Psalms 91 says, dwelling in the secret place? Okay, you know this. The secret place is the tallit. That when you pray, I'm going to show you something miraculous about Jacob's ladder and the blue thread. Friday. I don't have time today. Let me, let me tell you this. This is the promises of God. Every corner has eight knots. Seven are white. One is blue. Now, the reality of it is 90% of the rabbis say the blue has not been discovered yet. It was a portion of time when the blue... I'll just give you a little bit. Because I told Tiz this, and I said, seven is the number of God. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Where the blue, most Talits will not have blue. There's one rabbinical group that believes they've rediscovered the blue. Why, why white and blue? Rabbinically, white represents us, the purity from the Messiah, Blue represents heaven, and the city that it was manufactured in was called the city of Lutz, L-U-Z, which is where Jacob saw the dream. 
of God's people ascending into heaven and descending. And I'll get more in this Friday. The theory, the prophecy is there'll come a group of Gentiles who will discover the secrets of prayer and they will ascend into heaven and bring that power back down to earth. <laughs> you know, you know, I study a lot to get this stuff. So the first thing is we got to pray. Second thing is we learn how to pray. Three secrets in prayer. One is go into the secret place. And when you go into the secret place and you shut the door. Now, I won't get into this much. I'll talk more about it. When, why do you shut the door? Rabbinically, it says when you cover your head, men or women, and you shut the door, the devil is not allowed to come in and speak to your mind while you're praying so you will not be a double-minded man. Your faith, when you shut the door in the secret place, God, you're not, you don't have to physically climb a ladder. You spiritually climb a ladder, and if my people call my name, will humble themselves and pray, shut the door. God will reveal the secrets of the kingdom to us in every area if we're willing to come and bring it back to earth. Somebody say amen. All right. So one thing you need this year is a tallit. The second thing you need is a mezuzah. Now, I won't get into this. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. We all know the Bible says, take my word, put it on the doorpost of your house, and wrap it upon your arm. Can I have an amen? Amen. Okay. I taught the first part. Read with me Proverbs 3. Do you have it? Verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For, what's the next word there? Her. Her. I won't teach that right now. (laughs) No, no. Wisdom and understanding is a her. Ladies? Come on, ladies. Which is why God told Moses, listen to your wife, for I will give her prophecy that you won't have. I'll get into this later. I I got too many things to teach and not enough time. For her proceeds, wisdom and understanding. Look at me. Wisdom and understanding. Oh, man. Let me just throw this out. The key to the Jews is God. Do you know the Jewish people were not the first people God picked? God went to a people and said, will you be my people? They said, what is required? God went to another people and said, would you be my people? They said, what is required? Then he finally went to the Jews and said, will you be my people? They said, we will do and then we will understand. What God does is he first tells us what to do. After we do it, we understand why we've done it. And then once we understand why we've done it, we get the results. This is why those who have ears to hear, let them hear. This is why God said they have eyes, but they don't see. See, we say this. Well, I don't get it. Eat your lima beans. Why? Because I said so. God said pray. Why? Because I said so. God said here's how you pray. Why? Because I said so. Right? Okay. The proceeds of wisdom and understanding are better than the profits of silver and are gained than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things may desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasant, and the paths are a path of peace. Now, look at especially, because I'm way, I'm way out of time. Look at especially verse 16. Length of days is in what hand? Right hand, and her honor, and in her left hand are riches and honor. 
God said, I got to go through this very quickly, and I'll teach it more on Friday, forgive me. God said in Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 11, God says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. It's called the mezuzah, okay? We are to take God's word and put it on the doorposts of our house, plural. Now, here's what people will say. I don't think we ought to do. Why do we have to do that? Because God said so. Okay. The other thing is God says, if you read Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, if you put this on the right part of your doorpost, length and blessing will be on you and on your children. Now, very quickly. The rabbinical teaching, how many know the story of Passover? The angel of death is coming by. God said, everybody's to take the blood of the lamb. And I'm going through this very quickly. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. They said, take the blood of the lamb, put it on the doorpost of your house. And when I see the blood, I will stand in front of your door and I will make death pass by. I will make death to your marriage, death to your business, death to your finances, death to your family. Every area I will make death pass by. The rabbinical teaching is that blood on the door worked one day for one people. But when we take God's word, then God will forbid the destroyer to come into your home and touch your family in any way. And not only will the destroyer be kept out, but the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God will come in and he will give you wisdom. She will give you wisdom and knowledge, which is more important than silver and gold. Now, here's what people say, and forgive me, I'm going so quick. People say, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Christian, that doesn't make any sense. And I've taught a whole three weeks on this and showed you, God says, when you put this on your doorpost, when you're going in and when you're coming out, I will forbid the enemy to touch you or your family. Now, people say, oh, I don't know. I've never heard that before. Let me ask you something. If I were to come up to you and give you a book of witchcraft, and say, you know what, you don't have to read it, just, just put it in your home. Would you do it? Why? Curse. Are we agreed? You don't have to read it. Just put it in your home. How can that hurt? Would you do it? Why? Because it'll bring a curse in your home. Words written about the enemy, whether you read them or not, will bring a curse. So if we wouldn't put words written about the enemy in our home because it'll bring a curse, how much more if we obey God and put words written by God on the doorposts of our home, won't it bring a blessing? Now, I don't have time to get into all of that because I want to show you one more thing. Number one, cover yourself when you pray. Do you believe in laying on of hands? Why? Because the Bible says so. Do you believe anointing with oil? Why? Do you believe there's power when you lift up your hands and praise him? Yes. Why? Because the Bible says so. So if the Bible, so in the last days, if our eyes will be open and there will be a generation who gets mysteries, wouldn't it be wonderful if we, one of the mysteries was we discovered where the secret place was? Wouldn't it be wonderful we discovered how to put the blessing and on the doors, front door, back door, kitchen door, bedroom door, office door. Why? Because there's a different wisdom on your family. There's a different wisdom on your business. There's a different wisdom in your bedroom. There's a different anointing for every room and every place you obey God, that wisdom will come in and forbid the enemy from touching you or your family. Okay? Now, boy, I meant to teach a lot more on that and I blew it. But look at this. Length of days. In Hebrew, it means long life 
and prosperous life is in what? Look at me. When you go into your home, you take the mezuzah. This is what that scripture means. And you put it on the right hand of your door coming in. And length and blessing on you and your children are on the right hand. Now, I've taught that. I've taught that for three weeks. But the next part is riches and honor are on your left hand. Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 11 says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. And it says, take my word and put it on your arm. Okay. I was talking to Rabbi Lappin. When God says, take my word and put it on your arm, this in Hebrew is called the tefillin. And very expensive to do, very expensive, but it has Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 11 in it. You've seen Jewish people do this. They take it and they wrap it around their arm and they wrap it around, and this is the word of God, and it symbolizes that everything you put your hands to, God will cause it to prosper because you're honoring the word of God. This is called the tefillin. And so when I taught length and blessing are on the right hand, many of you came to me and said, Pastor, what about the left hand? And I said, we're not ready for that. We're not ready for that. How many know we need to pray? How many know when we pray, we say, Father? How many know that when we go into the secret place, our Father who sees us in the secret place will reward us openly. When you're in there, he'll speak to you about your family. He'll speak to you about your business. He'll speak to you and tell you, you know what? I got another job at 1322 South East Street. He'll speak to you the mysteries of the kingdom. We take the mezuzah, we put it on the right hand of our door, and the father said, I will not allow the destroyer to come in and touch your family. Literally, Literally on the mezuzah is the word Shaddai, which means the shield of God. On the inside is the Torah portion, and right opposite, when when it's written correctly, which ours are, right opposite of Shaddai is the Hebrew word enough. And what it says is when you put this on the doorpost of your house, that's enough. Devil, you cannot come in this. That is enough. Then when you pray, take God's word and wrap it around your hand. And when you're praying in there and you look at your hand, you are praying and you're saying prosperity is mine. Blessing is mine. Peace is mine. Salvation is mine. It is all mine. And I'm telling you something. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'm going to hear from heaven. The windows are going to open. The blessing is coming out. The power is being released. In the last days, there will be a group of Gentiles that will be demonstrating the anointing and the power of God. Somebody shout amen. 